Hey, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our coffee. Today, I'm excited. It's been a couple of years. I've been working really hard. Actually, I don't know if it's been a couple of years or not. I may have exaggerated that. But for at least the last year, I've been working really hard to try to get Haley Bohan as a guest on the podcast. I've been an admirer of what she's done with SkillPop and how she's built an extraordinary business that is actually impacting the community in a lot of levels. And here recently, she's had to make a major pivot and adapt to a whole new world. And so I'm excited that she is able to join us today to discuss how things are going at SkillPop and how she built the the team and the business there. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for this conversation. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break. Time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah. All right, Haley, thank you very much for being here today. We're excited to have you. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about why you're here in just a minute. But we do want to jump into rapid fire. Five randomly selected questions with unknown point values just to get under your skin and to get to know you a little better. So are you ready for that? I Yeah, born ready. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Number one, one thing that you've learned recently that has inspired you. Oh, wait, these are hard. One thing I've learned recently that's inspired me. Um, I'm drinking more water. Does that count? Sure. (laughs) I don't think that's something I've learned, but I think it's more of a habit. How did that inspire you? Um, I think, you know, I've been, gosh, Chad, this is so hard. (laughs) That's not very inspirational, is it? Um, Let's see. I have learned, you guys, I run an education company. This is so I thought this would be a home run for you. (laughs) Okay. Let me think of what classes I've taken this week. I was in a YouTube class. I was in, ooh, I'm going to cheat and use my notes. And this is just failing on the rapid fire. But uh, I took a patio farming class last week. Yeah. And I learned... um, Patio farming. I, I that learned one of, that that's one of the skill pop classes. It's one of the skill pop classes. How about this? I, can, I learned you can grow a, a whole bunch of things if you just have six hours of sunlight. So I learned about what you can grow given any space that you have. That was awesome. Felt inspired to start my own garden, even though I haven't yet. Oh, there you go. So it's, it's, on, the, it's on the future. There we go. Number two, what commercial jingle gets stuck in your head all the time? Um, the one that comes to mind first is the Kit Kat one because of a very specific scene in the office. If you have any office fans out okay. there. All right. Which, Can what? we elaborate? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you an office fan? Yes, most definitely. Okay. So it's, um, there's a scene where Andy gets the jingle stuck in his head, but he can't remember what the break me off a piece of that. He can't remember what it is. Yeah. And everyone just, no one tells him just to mess with him. It's because a great it's thing. Andy. Nobody likes Andy. That's right. What is, uh, what work is most exciting to you this week? Oh, it is just the, I mean, it's the work that we're doing right now, but probably getting new classes on our calendar and then learning how to market in kind of a new world. Number four, what band would you be embarrassed to admit that you listen to? That I listen to now? Um, I, I don't, I'm not super embarrassed about this, but I am a huge Taylor Swift fan and I know that can be controversial. 
Uh, my husband's not a big Swifty, so. Oh, he's not a big Swift. All right. And then number five, uh, if you had a choice to choose uh, to switch exchange lives with one person, who would you exchange lives with? Um, right now, I'm, I've been a big Reese Witherspoon fan lately, but I think I would pick Joanna Gaines. She does seem like she has a, yeah, she has a pretty sweet setup there. That, that, that family gives me so much stress. They are, con- I, I don't know how they, I don't know how they get all of the things done that they do. Like, that you know, they've got a huge, they've got to have just so much help. Oh yeah. Huge stuff. So much help. Stuff. That is another very interesting story of just kind of pure perseverance. So, which really kind of brings us into the conversation today. And one of the reasons why I wanted to to have you on. So this has been um, a, a challenge for a while for myself to try to get you on as a guest on the podcast, because I think that you had, I, I was, I first saw you at um, a creative mornings uh, event back in the day, whenever people used mm-hmm. to come together and have events uh, and you gave uh, a presentation about how skill pop got started. Um, and it was, I always, I was just ad- like, I just admired the fact of kind of hard work and grit to get it done. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that you had put in all the hours personally just to set up the events and, and do it. And then it started to evolve and, and build into what it is today. And then uh, just within the last couple of months, all of that hard work kind of got put on pause because of the, because of the situation that's happening in the world right now. And then you had to adapt and pivot. And I think all of that is really cool. And that's the framework of the conversation that I really want to have today. So before we get too far down the path, give us an overview. What is Skill Pop and how did it come to be? Sure. This is, you know, it's funny, Chad. It's a story I've told so many times and it does feel different telling it now, just knowing how the last eight or nine weeks have played out. Um, you know, for the first four years, I launched Skill Pop in 2015. We were a company that was all about in-person learning. So it came from a couple of different needs that I had. One of those was I was, you know, my mid twenties, I was fairly new to Charlotte and I was looking for ways to get out into the community, ways to meet people, things to do after work. I had a pretty, pretty traditional nine to five Um, that was one big need that I had. The other big need that I had was I'm just have been a curious person. You know, I had a DSLR camera on my shelf getting dusty because I didn't know how to use it. I was always looking for ways to pick up new things. Um, and when I looked for what was out there, and this is the part of the story that is funny to say now at the time, online courses just didn't work for me. (laughs) They couldn't hold my attention span. And, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't my preferred way to learn. And then when I looked for, you know, is there a way that I can learn how to use my camera, maybe connect with some other people? I would love to have a teacher in the room so they can say, well, you know, show me how to do something so I can ask questions, not just be running through a video. I just couldn't find anything that kind of checked all those boxes. And so that's where Skill Pop came from. Um, it was my, my desire to, uh, to find community and to just for learning, I think, to be an everyday part of life and not only reserved for formal education. So I um, spent a summer writing a business plan, talking to everyone I knew about how they developed skills and hobbies, what they did for fun. Um, I talked to every business owner I knew, which at the time was my wedding photographer, my friend who was a DJ, my realtor, you know, I'm just uh, having, having lunch dates left and right. Uh, and then, and then launched a, a beta really with one hand lettering class. I found a hand lettering artist named Kaylee Olson through my realtor and she agreed to put on a class with me and we put it out there and it just uh, did it totally for free to test the concept. And it really was one of those moments where I felt like, man, we, we have something really special and really unique here. And so I left my full-time job just a couple of weeks later and uh, jumped into to building what became 
a company that did hundreds of pop-up classes a month on all kinds of topics, all taught by local experts. Just a reminder, you're listening to the Coffee Break Podcast. Also, we wanted to let you know that our team puts together a weekly blog post. You can find it at locdoc.net slash blog. It's guaranteed to raise your IQ by 12 points or your money back. So it's pretty much a win-win. All right, back to the conversation. Yeah, it, the the idea behind um, learning a skill set in a, I guess, probably more casual environment, less mm-hmm. of the, the formal education environment by peers and then being able to learn with others, there's a, there's a level of it that you just kind of get hands on. And that's, yeah. I think that's one of the interesting things about what it is that Skill Pop was doing is building, because there is an innate, uh, desire for community amongst people. That's just, that's just what they do. And mm-hmm. if you can also have fun and learn a new skill while you're doing it, it's just, it's kind of, uh, you know, the, the awesome factor of that. It's easy. It's not, um, it's not overwhelming and it's not, uh, intimidating, I guess, in, in that fact. So it's, uh, Hey, here's something I want to learn and I can go about it without being intimidated. Is, is that mm-hmm. something that you guys saw through the process that that Absolutely. was working for you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there's a couple things there. One was that, you know, as I was, was working on this concept, I just kept thinking back to what learning was like, um, not so much in college, but as a child, you know, how you meet, you meet all your best friends in classes, you're doing group projects, you're working on things together. And, um, I, my mom was really, really big on education. So it always just had us in music lessons and art and different, different things, um, to stay, I think, curious and creative. And so, I, I remember just thinking, man, why does all of this just end once we graduate? You know, that all of those opportunities that are so much a part of life just go away. And then to your point about um, the casual, accessible nature, um, one of our early teachers and a good friend of mine, Blair Premis, he's a, uh, in marketing at Ortho Carolina. Yep. He, uh, very early on at Skillpop, he was describing it to someone else. And I happened to be standing right there. And I just loved how he explained it. He said, you know, um, you have, you have your formal, like professor behind a podium kind of class. And then you have the like, Hey, Chad, can you show me how to set up a podcast? Yep. And he said, skill pop is right in between there. It's a little more formal than asking your friend, like, can I buy you a beer and you show me how to do this? Yeah. But it's not quite the, we're in a class, we have grades, we, um, we have homework, we have assignments. It's, it's kind of right in between. And, and I think that's what people came to love about it was, was that, uh, that aspect. So the 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 type of skills that you you have on, on uh, for, with Skill Pop is anything from learning how to to to, to do photography to mm-hmm. le- leadership classes. I know my wife took a class on uh, embroidery. Yeah. Um, so uh, what are some of the other types of classes? Because I mean, it's I'm, I'm just trying to give our listeners a, a concept of of what it is that your that your your uh, instructors are teaching. Sure. So we uh, traditionally have played in three main buckets. We do a lot of DIY crafts and hobbies. That's the embroidery class your wife came to. We do a lot of watercolor, hand lettering, you know, think any anything kind of tactile and hands-on. Uh, we, we play a lot in that space. We do a lot of business development classes, especially geared towards freelancers and entrepreneurs, but not exclusively. So if you looked on our site right now, you know, that's leadership, social media marketing. We've done some graphic design classes, um, I think one of the things I realized quickly as a business owner is how you have to learn all kinds of things. <laughs> you have to wear all the hats. And so uh, we try and do classes to help equip people with that. And then the last category is more personal growth or personal development. So think your gardening classes, budgeting. We've done 
Uh, we used to have a great car maintenance basics class that people would bring their teenagers for. Um, so it's a pretty wide range, but those are the main the main buckets. So you you have the availability, like you just said you earlier on, you're a very curious individual. So, I mean, there's tons of information out on the internet. You can Google mm-hmm. anything. You can watch most tutorials on YouTube. And, and that gets you to a certain point. But having someone that is more, I guess, of a subject matter expert or somebody that's got that experience that you can see it, touch it, and then actually ask those questions in person rather than the total virtual experience, which is me, which is which is more so just watching somebody do it. Mm-hmm. It's more of the, uh, um, I guess, jumping into it and actually being able to experience it in real in, in, with your hands. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think there's just something so innately interactive and like we were saying earlier, so community building about learning. And so that, that is a big part of it is, is getting, um, getting to really engage with what you're learning, engage with other people who are learning the same thing. And, um, you know, just like I was craving with that photography class, be able to ask the teachers questions right then and there. So here's my question for you. Cause I, I like, th- that's what skill pop does, right? Mm-hmm. As, as an entrepreneur, and this was the thing that really, I, I would say when I, when I saw you speak at the creative mornings was probably the thing that I clued in with the most, like I admire the skill pop. I admire the education and the instructor part of it. I, I don't want to minimize that, but sure. just the hard work and perseverance as an entrepreneur of putting in the hours to make it happen. Mm-hmm. What are the lessons that you learned from that? What are the lessons that you've pulled out of that or the application? And, and as you jumped into it, the things that you had zero expectations, like you had no idea what you were, where you were jumping into. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot to unpack there. And, and I think that's a, I don't know. I think that's a common thing. I have a lot of business owner and entrepreneurial friends, and we all talk about the crazy things we did in the early days of building a business. And a lot of us are kind of have felt right back in, those beginning stages again in the last eight or nine weeks. I know I have, um, you know, I think as far as lessons learned, um, I think one of the things I talk to my team about, when we talk about as a team is that there is just always a solution to whatever the problem is. And so, um, you know, as when I think about early days of skill pop, when I think about any of the hurdles or, challenges we've faced, whether that's a small, you know, whether that is in one particular class, one particular moment, or whether that's how do we launch this new city? How do we figure out a new organizational structure, you know, bigger things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just kind of firmly believe that if plan A doesn't work, there is a plan B and there is a plan C and we are going to work through and figure out whatever we need to figure out. Um, that's a big one for me. I think another big one is I see a lot of people who, you know, if you have an idea, if you have a business you want to put out there, feel a little bit nervous to put that first iteration into the world, you yeah. know, and I even can have a tendency. Um, I have a mentor who would, t- who would tell you, I definitely have this tendency to want things to be pretty, um, pretty like smooth sailing before they're launched. But, you know, I have an engineering background, Chad, and, and was in product development early in my career. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we talk about there is having a minimum viable product, right? Like what is your V1 that's just, this is off the press, let me get it into a customer's hands. Yeah. And so that is something that uh, with SkillPop in 2015, with the ways we've kind of experimented with new class ideas. And then now again, with SkillPop Anywhere, which I know we'll get into, uh, we've really tried to not hold ourselves back by waiting for something to be perfect, but instead put things into the world, learn from what our customers think, um, and be able to kind of get that feedback and iteration in real time. That's progress over perfection. 
Get it? Absolutely. Get yeah. The, yeah. The MVP thing is, it's it's the hardest thing, I think, for people, you know, it, at any level of business to, to wrap their head around because you don't want to put out something that isn't the best, you know? Um, totally. But the, the advice that I've heard and, and from other mentors over the years is, what are you missing out on because you're waiting for that perfect thing that's never going to be perfect? Like you, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to get that progress if you don't get it out there. So I think that's really, it's a really interesting component of it where if you're just constantly holding yourself back from the what ifs of, well, mm-hmm. it's not quite there yet. It's not quite there yet. Just get it out there because it will, is, as long as you're focused and dedicated on improvement. Now there's, there's one thing where you just put it out there as a, as a, as a, uh, as a non-perfect product, that MVP, mm-hmm. and then just let it just let it die. But if yeah. you're focused on constantly improving it, then um, then it's going to get better just by user feedback. And I would wow. imagine with with SkillPop, it was the same way. Oh, absolutely. You know, we we send surveys after every class, and so we're always listening for what do our um, what do our customers think. And I'll tell you the other reason I think that's important is because you don't want to. Uh, perfect something and then find out that people don't want it to begin with. Yeah. Right. And so it's just important to figure out, you know, is there even demand for this thing that I'm building? That honestly was a big concern when we shifted from in-person to online. It, we kind of, you know, thought let's get something out as fast as we can so that we know, do people even want this? Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to the Coffee Break Podcast. If this information has been helpful to you or you just really kind of like our theme song, Can you help us out by rating us on whatever app you're using? And if you get really fancy, how about sharing a screenshot on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn? Okay, enough of all this. Let's get back to the conversation. So leading into that that component of it, once you found out that this was something, okay, we've got something here that people want. Mm Mm-hmm. How did you like? What was the what was the process? Because you know, there's there's business leaders, there's there's managers, there's there's entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast and watch this podcast. They've got these ideas. How are how did you go about getting it to the market? Like getting people to know about it. Just not even just the marketing side of it, but mm-hmm. you know something something that is the coolest idea ever. If it doesn't get exposed to the right people, then it's never going to to see the light of day anyway. So what was, what was your process for, for getting that word out there and actually getting people excited about it? Sure. So, um, you know, in some ways, the, the business model that we have is a little bit of a two-sided marketplace. You know, I wouldn't say it's, um, yeah, I guess that's the best way to put it. So, you know, when I was first building SkillPop, we needed, we needed people to know about it who were going to take classes. You know, we needed some student side demand. We also needed uh, teachers. I needed people who were going to be my local experts and teach on marketing, on watercolor, on all of these things. And I would say my approach to both of those was different. Yep. And it really was just like pretty simple and pretty scrappy. Um, my dad is a, uh, a small business owner. He's owned a furniture dealership in Greensboro for about 30 years and um, and is a great salesman. And so I think I like, I don't know, maybe got a tiny bit of that gene. I like to think I got a tiny bit of that gene. I just did a lot of, um, a lot of connecting with people, a lot of networking, a lot of cold emails, you know, on the teacher side, I was looking for who would I want to learn from if I was, you know, for this photography class I want for this marketing class that I want. Um, and I was just reaching out, you know, it was a lot of really, um, like really simple, just finding one person at a time and, and getting them to talk to me so that I could pitch this concept that I was working on. Of course, talk to a lot of people who um, didn't respond or didn't email back, you know, that's kind of just the name of the game, but 
that was the teacher side of things. With students and with getting the word out about what we did, um, we did have a little, a, a lot of great word of mouth and organic reach from social media. I think some of that was a few intentional things, um, but some of that was kind of the nature of the business. You know, the if you think about especially the creative classes that we're doing, we're doing watercolor, we're building cheese boards, we're doing a lot of things that are inherently shareable and inherently visual. And so that tended to lend well to the trends that were happening on Instagram at the time, for example. So here, um, here's this piece of art that I just did and mm-hmm. put a picture of it out there. And hey, where did, how did you learn to do that? Ah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and of course, I mean, I, we asked people to do that too. You know, I'd, sure. I'd say in every class, thank you for coming. Please help us spread the word, you know, tag skill pop on your feet. I still do that when I'm in classes. So that was a big part of it. And then there were some things that were right place, right time. You know, I had um, the, for, for locals, the Charlotte agenda was really new and, and they picked us up really early that helped get the word out. Um, so we were plugged into a couple of things. A couple of our early teachers just had a really great um, network here and helped get the word out. So it was, it was a mix of, you know, intentional things that just worked well and some organic reach and a lot of people kind of being generous with how they shared on social media as well. So with that, you, you've obviously been connected with a, a lot of different communities, uh, you know, Creative Mornings. I know, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not sure what the current state is, but you had an office and kind of developed a lot of the growth in Huga. Uh, yeah. which is a co-working space uh, here in Charlotte with Garrett Titchy. And you've got, there's a lot of connection points where from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you can get a lot of, I would imagine a lot of feedback just by being around those type of people. And it just oh kind gosh, of naturally yeah. builds. Yeah. I mean that, and even in just going back to the type of business that I'm in, um, I have always gotten to meet a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners because that's who was teaching our classes as well. So that's been a hugely valuable part of my last few years is getting to, um, you know, getting to learn from not only what are the peers that I have doing with their businesses, but, you know, as, as I'm meeting, um, marketing experts and, and finance experts and social media experts, um, it, it really has been cool to, to get to learn from them as part of building this. Most definitely. So correct me if I'm wrong on this, a majority of your instructors are professionals in other arenas and they're mm-hmm. doing that as, as kind of a part-time uh, 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 freelance type deal. That is, so they're, they're heavily invested in the growth of the class based off of their own basic inst- being an instructor. So there's, there's part of skill pop that is promoting it, but also part of the instructor that's promoting it as well. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, what I would say is our, so we have a pretty wide range of people who teach with us, you know, um, a lot of small business owners, a lot of um, full-time artists or, um, or part-time artists, a lot of uh, kind of thought leaders and creatives in the community. And, and Skill Pop is kind of the side hustle for yeah. them. You know, if they're, um, and it, it ranges with people who teach, uh, you know, every, every couple of weeks or once or twice a week, we have people who teach about once a month. And it, it has been cool to see it can be something that feeds their primary business and, you know, I've got a really incredible um, home decorator who's teaching some interior design classes for us. She gets incredible reach from sure. the classes. She meets a lot of people who end up being ideal clients, but for her, it's also just a way for her to share what she loves. Well, I, I would also challenge that it's it's massively beneficial from an instructor level because they're practitioners as well as instructors. So they're all also refining their craft 
before mm-hmm. they teach the class. And so it would be, I would, I can see that just to be a constant evolution of, of uh, you, you become a better expert when you have to teach somebody something, right? So oh you, yeah. You There's get, some famous quote about that. How yeah. the best way to learn is to teach. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So I can, I, that's, that just seems to be awesome. I know, um, Jake failing, Jake and Paige failing. Yeah. Teach some public speaking classes. You, you, so just a lot of a variety of people that, you know, are well known in their, in their industries. And then they're mm-hmm. able to come and share with people that you probably wouldn't have access to learn from otherwise. So that's, sure. a, it's a really big benefit. I want to sure. move to disruption. So uh, you, 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 you're working towards this. You've been building on it for, for four years. I think I saw um, on maybe one of your Instagram posts or something like that, or maybe it's an Instagram story that you've been working for four or five years to build this, this business. And then all of a sudden overnight, mm-hmm. massive change, disruption. Mm-hmm. What, what were your initial thoughts when that disruption happened and you realized very quickly that the in-person classes that you've built a business model on is, is all of a sudden changed. Yeah. So it, it's wild. I don't know about you. It already feels like this was a year ago and not two months ago, you know? So I'm thinking back to early March, we're recording this on May 15th. Um, Early March. I mean, the first couple of days is really when the talk about the coronavirus started getting into my circles and into conversations with my peers and friends and, and a little more in the news. Um, and I, I was telling someone else about this recently. You mentioned that we have office out of Huga for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it really, um, it was a, a conversation at Huga that really sparked our big conversations about this. I'm, you know, just getting settled in for the day, going to refill my coffee and <clears throat> another member of the co-working space comes through the kitchen and we're just small talking like, how are you doing? What's going on? And, and he said, Oh man, I'm, I'm getting pretty nervous about this coronavirus stuff. And I said, Oh yeah. Like, do you think it's going to be big? Um, and he said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about it for our business. And, and he looks at me and he goes, and boy, I bet you're really worried too. <laughs> and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, I, I hate to say that I hadn't really worried about it yet, but I don't think any of us expected the impact that it's had, yeah. you know? So I had thought maybe we'll lose some sales, maybe we'll, we'll see a little bit of a dip, but I never in a million years anticipated having to cancel our entire spring schedule. So, um, I scheduled a meeting with, um, our customer support and operations lead that day. And we sat down and said, okay, let's just, let's just map out what we think the possible, uh, realities are, you know, what's best case scenario and what's worst case scenario. And so, um, we were looking at things like, uh, what, will, what happens if schools close? What happens if the banks tell everyone to work from home? And so we started mapping out these scenarios. And of course, as you know, the news just started to gradually get a little bit worse and a little bit worse. And so a couple of days later, I texted a mentor of mine and I said, you know, I, um, this might be crazy or it might be dumb and I'm not sure which one it is, but I'm thinking we may need to think about a virtual product here Mm -hmm. because in that worst case, this probably won't happen scenario if we did have to cancel our classes, I knew we would, I mean, that would be all of our revenue. Yeah. We wouldn't have anything to sell, anything coming in. Well, fast forward a couple of weeks, that's exactly what happened. Um, on March, I believe it was the 15th. So maybe we're right at two months ago. Um, we, we canceled every class on the calendar. Our co-working space uh, closed. The stay home order had not been announced yet, but was on the horizon. Yeah. Um, we were not selling a single thing. Can you copy this key? That's a question we get asked about 3,422 times a year. And how can you actually be sure that the person who asked that question is supposed to get a copy of that key? 
Well, we think you should always know who can copy your keys to your business and your home, because it could be your neighbor, an old employee, a contractor, or even worse, your mother-in-law. At LockDock Security, we believe in protected key systems, so you always know who has a copy of your key. To find out more, visit LockDock.net or stop by our Charlotte location. LockDock Security, helping you protect your people and your property. I remember exactly what you're talking about, and we were here in the office, and somebody came through and said, hey, they're getting ready to announce that they're Mm -hmm. going to have a stay-home order, and they're going to shut down the country, and we was like, there's no way they're going to shut down the country. (laughs) And then then like the next day we're like, okay, so now what do we do? Because your, your business model has, has immediately been disrupted. And it's just, just that initial rush of, okay, so this was life the way it was Mm -hmm. and everything was working and we were making progress. And now we have, uh, we were, we were flying down this path and all of a sudden we took a left-hand turn without even touching the brakes. Yeah. Um, and so when you get to that point, you know, what you, you, you kind of just walk through that. You said, Hey, what is, uh, we may have to look at a virtual product. This is mm-hmm. completely opposite of what we've done before. Mm-hmm. So what has to be true in order to make that virtual product come to life? Yeah. You know, and going back to just like, how did it feel? There were some things, I mean, I think every business owner and business went through some kind of emotional roller coaster, and, and for, that was true for us too. Like it, it was, I think for a couple of days, they're really scary and pretty heartbreaking to say, man, everything we've kind of believed in and championed and worked for is just completely evaporating. Um, when we started looking at the virtual product, you know, it is so funny because like I said, at the very beginning, part of why I started skill pop was because online learning didn't work for me. I can't tell you how many pitches, conversations, how many presentations I've touched on that in and said, I, you know, we are doing in-person classes because it, it is like, it's powerful. It's engaging online classes. Just don't, you know, there, there's something that's missing there. And, um, and Chad, people have asked for years have said, would you record these classes and put it online? Do you think you'll ever do virtual classes? And every time I said, no, <laughs> we, I said, we will never do that. That's just not, that's just not skill pop. That's not who we are. And so there was a little bit of an identity crisis here, yeah. you know, when we started making this shift and looking at, okay, if, if in-person truly does go away for a little bit, um, what is our best option? Yeah. If our best option is to look at online classes, how do we do that and be true to who we are and who we've said we are for yeah. the last few years? Um, and so there's a lot of, a lot of soul searching. And then I would say just a lot of creativity. Um, so, you know, we'll, where we ended up was pulling together uh, live online classes. We pulled some of our, just a handful of teachers that I'd worked with personally really closely and kind of, um, knew well and trusted and, and started with their classes. And we, we kind of picked everything apart. You know, we said, okay, if this is going to be online, what happens in an in-person class that, that makes it feel special, that makes it feel engaging? And how do we replicate that yeah. behind a screen? Um, so it, it was a lot of, it was a lot of that kind of conversation. And then, then you just had to start putting it all together. It was just figuring out the tech, figuring out, you know, what mm-hmm. has to be done and then start to, to bring it back. And, and what was the response from your customer base? It was incredible. I mean, in the, I want to just note here, it, I mentioned earlier, it felt, it felt a little bit like deja vu, you know, like mm-hmm. being back in the beginning stages. And that has been such a funny thing of going through the exact same 
steps that I did back in 2015 of, okay, I need to research the landscape. I need to um, do some customer surveys. I need to figure out a platform. But instead of doing this over the course of a few months, we were doing this in just a matter of days. It was so fast. Um, When we put this out there, it's a great example of the MVP, you know, of just putting out something that's not quite polished and ready. And we were really honest about that. You know, in the launch email, I said, I wrote a personal note to our customers and I said, look, I would have loved more time to polish this and to pull it together, but we don't have more time right now. So we're going to put it out as is. We really hope you like it. (laughs) Um, And the response has just been incredible. I mean, it's been so interesting. I think early on, we got a lot of goodwill from people who have loved coming to classes for years and just, I mean, wanted to support a small business they cared about. I think a lot of small businesses have experienced that in the last few months. But what's been cool is that we've also seen this fill a need. Um, And I think at the end of the day, that is something I really wanted to be true. I didn't want to just put out a stopgap solution or an ask or say, you know, here's something you can buy to keep us afloat. I wanted to fill, still fill a need, you know, still provide something valuable to our community. And so we have gotten, I mean, of course, like we're, we're selling classes and that's a good sign, but we've also gotten lots of messages of this has been a nice escape during a hard time, or I have loved doing these classes with my family or with my spouse. We've gotten notes from people who live maybe in a city we weren't operating in before who now have been able to participate. Mm. And so it's been really interesting to get, to get feedback from a few different types of customers um, about what we've been doing. So I, I can go back to the, the early part of your, your answer there. And as, as business owners, you go, okay, everything that we've been working on for X number of years, four years, five mm-hmm. years, 10 years, whatever is all being eroded at, the, at this one moment and you cannot mm-hmm. do anything about it. And I know for us, it was it was a, a massive rush of just anger and frustration of like, you mm-hmm. know, it's not fair. We've been working this hard and we had great plans for 2020 and we had all this stuff yeah. set out and then it's just all, it's just all been changed. And it was like, it was, it was a day of that. And then it was a, and then it was, okay, so now what are we going to do and how are we going mm-hmm. to make the best of this situation? And the, the kind of philosophy we've adapted around our office has been, uh, let's go make lemonade, you know? So yeah. that's all you can do in this situation is you've been handed a bunch of lemons. What are you going to do about it? You can just sit there and be frustrated and be mad, mm-hmm. or you can actually take action. And, um, and the, 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 the transition to virtual, but not only the transition to virtual, but just the trans, uh, the transfer to how you're communicating, um, because you, you know, in any type of a sales organization, you have to be able to have that line of communication with your customers. And for a lot of us, it's in person has been that, that, mm-hmm. that format and that's gone now. So what are you going to do to adapt to that? And a lot of companies just weren't set up for it. Like there was right. no, there was no fallback model. And so a lot of people were just kind of rushing to try to figure it out. Uh, those that figured it out faster are going to be obviously uh, able to come out of this. The question that I have for you on that is, you know, obviously you can't predict the future, but as things start to shift back, what does the virtual model look like in association or conjunction with your in-person model? Because you you just said you've got now new customers in different states and mm-hmm. different areas that didn't have access before. So that's obviously a major benefit. How do you marry those two things together? Yeah. You know, that's a great question. I wish I had the answer for you and we don't yet. That's something we are in the middle of processing and in the middle of working through. Um, part of that is because we're just not quite sure what the world will look like in a month and two months and 12 months. And so it's hard to 
um, build and predict what in-person classes coming back will look like and work, you know, and without knowing what the world will look like. Um, and, and part of that is because we're still, I, I guess it, we're still waiting for the dust to settle all around. Um, I, what I am confident on is that we will continue doing these virtual classes. I mean, that has been just such a, I would say a silver lining and pleasant surprise out of this whole thing to pull together something and, and see it be, um, really, really valuable and really kind of exciting. Um, and I also would say we will do in-person classes again as well. I have zero other details about what that'll look like. <laughs> Most Follow definitely. up with me in a couple months. There you yeah. go. I, you know, I, 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 again, goes back to the perseverance factors. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people that with, with things like this happen, they just get knocked down. Mm-hmm. And they don't get back up. They just give up, right? Yeah. And so to see people adapting, to see people making that pivot, to see people I, it, locally here in Charlotte, they're not just coffee, they're great coffee shop. They shut yeah. down and now they've come back and they're making, you know, half gallons of, of ice lattes that you yeah. can come pick up. And just like the, the Green Brothers Juice did the same. There's a lot of those businesses that have just said, mm-hmm. hey, okay, got it. All right, let's figure out what we're going to do to continue to grow um, and continue to to adapt in this. And I think those are the ones that are very inspiring to be around mm-hmm. and to just even you know, just kind of see that happening. Because it's like, okay, well, if you figured that out, if you figured out how to take, you know, making coffee, which is like one of the ultimate in-person experiences yeah. into something that you can you can adapt into this climate, then we all can do that. We can We yeah. can all figure out a way to adapt. And so- uh, I, I just think that it's really cool that you've been able to work through that and uh, and and moving towards, okay, now here is the new normal and this is what we're mm-hmm. going to, we'll continue to figure that out. I think what I just heard you say is because you were so, it seems like you were very, uh, not a fan of virtual classes before. Mm-hmm. Do you think this has changed kind of your perspective on those definitives of this is always <laughs> going to be, this is never going to be in the future? I mean, yeah, like I am someone who would have said, who did say, I don't like online classes. They don't work for me. My attention span cannot handle it. Um, and that's changed. That's changed. Um, I mean, part of it is that I do think we are bringing a little bit of a different approach and solution to the market. Um, a lot of what I, you know, when I look at most of online classes, a lot of them are um, are pre-recorded. You don't get that teacher access. You're, there's not a community element, and so we're we're doing that differently. You know, so yeah, um, yeah. My my perspective on on what what makes a class really engaging and really um, just like special and interesting has absolutely changed. Most definitely. Haley, I appreciate your time. Um, I, just in closing, what are you telling other entrepreneurs? And you're obviously in a circle with a lot of a lot of other entrepreneurs and business owners. What are you guys talking about right now and, and trying to encourage each other at this time? That's maybe some, a message that you would want to encourage other business leaders or owners about right now. Yeah, you know, Chad, it is. It is. I'll just echo what you were saying just a few minutes ago. It is um, to make make the best out of what we are going through right now. I think the people that I've been I've been very grateful to have a network of people who really are taking the cards they've been dealt and saying, all right, not the hand I thought I'd have this year, not what I thought would happen, but let's see what we can make out of it. And like you're saying, you know, not just coffee girl tribe. A lot of these companies are, are making shifts and pivots and saying, we have done it once we've built something from scratch before Mm -hmm. we can do it again. 
And so I think that is the attitude that we are trying to have in my team is just to continue to be scrappy and positive and creative and see this as an opportunity um, rather than a tragedy. You know, it's still, it's an awful thing in the world that we're all going through, but, um, but we're going to remember this moment in time, regardless of whether we do something good with it or not. So. Haley, thank you very much for your time today. I know you got a lot of things happening right now and adapting. We really appreciate uh, your insight and your conversation today on the podcast. If this is your first time watching or listening to the Coffee Break podcast, well, we invite you to subscribe. You can do that by going to lockdoc.net slash podcast. There's buttons there for whatever podcast platform you enjoy listening to the most. You can click the link and it'll take you right there so you can subscribe. If you're listening to this and you would like to see the video associated with it, well, you can do that by subscribing or following our Facebook page um, or our YouTube page. You can do that as well. All you have to do is search for L-O-C-D-O-C and you'll see all of the videos there uh, for the Coffee Break podcast. We do this every Tuesday at 9 a.m. So we invite you back next time and we invite you to go check out all of the other 90 plus episodes that we have uh, with similar information about business ideas, practices, and strategies. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Coffee Break Podcast.